everyone, and welcome to the React Native Show podcast, which today we are recording from our new podcast room, podcast office in our Wrocław Kolstak offices. In this episode, me, I'm Łukasz, I'm going to be your host. And with me today is Michał, our head of technology, and Maciej, who is our senior software developer slash expert at Kolstak. Uh, we are going to discuss Reassure, which is an open source tool created here at Colstack for writing performance regression tests. Did I get that right? Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Uh, so let's jump into introductions. You probably know me. Uh, I'm host at podcast here, so you can find out other episodes that I did on our Colstack engineer channels on YouTube in in other places that you listen to our podcast. With me today, like I said, Michal, head of technology. Hello, Michal. Uh, hey, I'm Michal, Head of Technology, uh, working with R&D and open source at Colstack here. And uh, I'm often a guest of the Coffee Talk uh, podcast with uh, Lukas here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great to have you here today. And uh, another guest that we have is Maciej. Maciej, who are you? Uh, what do you do at Colstack? Hi, I'm Maciej. So I'm expert here at Colstack. Um, my job here is to assist in uh, more complex technical projects, develop non-standard solutions, and advise our clients. So I've got a couple of years of experience with React and React Native, and I'm also one of the maintainers of React Native testing library, and now Reassure. Yeah, so let's jump straight into it. Before we record this episode, I didn't read almost anything. As much as I could, I resisted the urge to read the documentation for Reassure so that I can hear about it firsthand from you, the creator, and you, the co-creator, co I guess. Yeah, uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, guys, what is Reassure uh, in few, like, broad sentences, uh, elevator pitch for Reassure? Okay. So, Reassure uh, is a rapid feedback performance monitoring tool for your code, uh, both React Native and soon to be released also React Web. Okay, and what it, what it does for me? Uh, can I use it to increase the performance of my React Native application? You can use it, but the, the primary use case would be that you would write various test scenarios uh, for the key parts of your application. And then on each PR submission, all of these tests will be rerun automatically and Reassure will verify and inform you whether the performance uh, has stayed the same or maybe there's some kind of uh, degradation or improvement. Hopefully improvement. Hopefully improvement. <laughs> Let's stick to that. Let's oh, stick yeah. to the happy path. Um, so yeah, thanks for that. Maybe we can start then talking in details about how the Reassure open source library came about. How did you start it? Okay, so uh, I was working with my colleagues uh, on a performance optimization project for Entain. Uh, they have a suite of uh, sports betting application, and this application have fairly complex user interface. So um, they came to us to help them improve the performance, especially on uh, you know older Android devices, the typical suspect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they've already like done uh, some serious performance optimization, but that wasn't enough. They, they require more help. So what we've did, we've uh, analyzed the, the application with uh, um, various tools. 
we found some uh, instances where, for example, memoization was broken. It was there, but it wasn't working perfectly. So the story was that they've done the, the, done the hard work, but after that, after some time, they introduced some new features, which broke memoization, and it wasn't very obvious. Because uh, spotting, you know, logical errors in PRs is difficult, and spotting yeah. performance problems is like it's even more difficult, even harder. It's yeah. So what you usually do is you run the performance investigation, you find the issues, errors, you fix them, you optimize the application, and then someone else comes and breaks the optimization yeah, optimization that you did. Of course, they don't do it intentionally. No, <laughs> yeah, it, it just but, happens. Yeah, but it's 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 very hard to spot. So. Uh, you have a component, it has like 10 props, everything works fine, but then you introduce 11th prop and suddenly yeah. the uh, all of the memoization you have breaks and you are not aware of that. Sorry, I have this meme in my head about the guy who drives a bus, who rides a bicycle and he stick a uh, stick <laughs> in his wheel. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's... We use uh, that meme in, in a uh, presentation for AppJS. <laughs> oh yeah, year. yeah. So for, for you're sure you haven't seen it? No, I did. I did. I was on the AppJS <laughs> conference, and Michal was presenting the reassure at AppJS. Uh, it wasn't open sourced yet at that time, but it is right now, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, what is the discussion with the entine with the client about the solution that you found and how to make it better? Why is it better by open sourcing it? Okay, so maybe we'll start with a, a, a little bit more context of yeah. that. So um, we first started uh, with this idea that we've done the performance optimization for you, but we are we're kind of concerned that in uh, six months, 12 months down the road, the performance will be degraded because uh, it's like hard to monitor it. And so we suggested some kind of uh, monitoring of that, and we've done research. We didn't find any kind of ready-made solution. It's always better to find some working solutions and to adapt it. It's much, much faster, much cheaper. But there wasn't anything that was suitable. Um, so we floated the idea, maybe we will build something like that. Uh, but we didn't know whether to work. It was just a concept, which tool tools to use, whether to use end-to-end um, -end test or React Native testing library, etc. So there were, um, it seems like we persuaded them and they were willing enough to allow us to do the POC, um, which I did, and the results were very promising. We, we discovered that uh, you can use React Native Testing Library, React Profiler, and plug it together and have some meaningful results, mm -hmm. which was super cool because it gave us like confidence that we can build this tool. So the next step was building in-house tool for Intain, uh, which worked, is being used right now, is, and it's deployed. And then we have this conversation inside of Callstack that, hey, this is a pretty useful idea. Uh, this is a um, problem that many applications have, but there is no ready-made solution. So maybe, just maybe, we could make an open source library from that. Yeah, yeah. And um, so... A few months later? Yeah, I was going to ask, was. I was going to ask, how long is the process from POC to having an in-house solution to then generalize it and open source it. Okay, so there are like two parts. Uh, one is like the technical part, which I'm more confident <laughs> describing because you know you have to write documentation, you have to generalize it, uh, you have to 
generally produce more product-like feature. So if you're building something in-house, you build it with the, like minimal effort to just get uh, the, the the stuff working for the client because they're interested in like reaping the benefits. But if you if you build an open source library, you have to solve much general more general problem and explain it to all of the your potential users. So there is um, a lot more like polishing of the product, uh, writing documentation, uh, and also I, I think marketing. Michal. I'm I'm not from marketing. He did the marketing for the thing. I was there and I saw him on that stage giving like 30 minute talk about reassure the next big thing in performance optimization. So he does marketing pretty well, let me tell you. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he actually he's actually a author of the name reassure. So if I was to name the library, it was called something like React Native Performance Testing. Oh, yeah. it, was hard. Something. It, it was yeah. hard to convince uh, <laughs> Matthew, that uh, I'm sure was a good name, but I think it's uh, it's starting to um, to grow uh, well, on us. So uh, it, it it seems normal at this time. Yeah, yeah, I've but, got used to it. Uh, uh, internally, we used a code name React Native Perf Tool, mm -hmm. but this is not not a great name for a library. Well, and like uh, I'm already <laughs> tired of everything for React Native being named React. React native something something, something. Yeah. but yeah but there is I mean, a reason there is a reason true yeah. but like Maciej said we want to get that generalized to React word as well so then it would be React native and React or React performance <laughs> yeah uh, I, somehow I like the short names better like reanimated it's not React native reanimated it's reanimated right it, it, it so, is it is React native reanimated but you <laughs> Call it reanimated, but they, but, <laughs> but they use the reanimated name, and yeah. and it's and it's way better. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's yeah. go back to podcast. Y you asked you asked <laughs> about uh, the timelines, right? Yeah. So, so be uh, Machi, before um, jumping into the task, um, uh, he actually asked me to uh, um, to validate the idea. Uh, so so he had this. Uh, um, um, idea to use the React profiler um, because there is an API for that, and uh, and hook it into the, um, the React Native testing library pipeline somehow. Uh, how to run it in specific environments? So we uh, we also discussed. For, I mean, I think at that first talk, um, uh, something that we um, we were challenging were uh, how to get the um, like the the average um, I will time, time, right? I will definitely yeah. want to hear yeah. more about the I'm not going technical. Any, I'm not going any more yeah. into details now, promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so we had this uh, like one an hour talk uh, uh, or call uh, to to figure out what to do, and uh, Matthew just just went with it, and I think one or two months later. Um, they had a working uh, proof of concept in uh, um, uh, in their code base, and I think it uh, um, it matured for another one or two months, uh, and uh, um, and around this time, like right after we um, they were done with proof of concept, we um, asked them, "Hey, what would it take to open source this library?" Yeah, and. Uh, and Tain as a client was uh, um, 
I think they were pretty enthusiastic about uh, partnering with us, uh, about uh, making this open source. But um, the the thing is that this was their um, their intellectual property uh, because that that's how yeah. that's how things work. So so we would need to cooperate with legal departments. And this is when the fun starts. And hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> ho- uh, thankfully, I, I, I and Machi didn't, didn't have to um, talk to them uh, directly. We had our account manager that handled the, the cooperation. And three or four months later of back and forth uh, on emails, uh, checking the uh, licenses, permissions, and, uh, and whatnot, uh, we got the confirmation like right before the conference so uh during like before um, um showing this uh, this library to to the broader audience i wasn't sure whether it will be ready for open source or not and uh, that was one of the reasons we started with uh, early access um idea uh because we just didn't have 100% um, confirmation that uh, uh, at uh, this early early June, this this will be actually possible to yeah. to open source, ready to show it to the world. Yeah. So, like, I'm no business person, <laughs> not claiming to be, but I guess it's a, like I can see two benefits for Entain to open source their uh, intellectual property, like you said, IP. Uh, so one is that we constantly talk about them and tain and tain in this podcast. So that's like a marketing value, I guess, somehow. But from technical perspective, if you have a very smart person working on your library inside project in-house, then you have just one smart person working on it. Or maybe a team. I'm not, uh, I'm not saying... A small team. Small team. But then when you open source it and more people start to use it, more big projects start to use it, you can actually have more value from your intellectual property being open source that in-house. So that's my three cents about it. Yeah, I mean, there are many reasons, uh, um, like pros and cons uh, uh, for open sourcing the libraries. Uh, We're not talking about cons uh, here. We're not talking about cons. Uh, We're... (laughs) We're seeing that the vast majority is uh, uh, is in the pro yeah. um, section. So um, this is like a regular talk uh, we do with uh, with our clients that it just makes sense to to do things this way. Ideally, starting from open source, but that's not always the case. Yeah, uh, it's just that thing. It just happens that developers are solving some problem that is specific to our clients, and then they figure, hey, this. This is something that could be generalized. Do you want to talk some more about the process of getting this uh, library done? Or should we jump into the technical details? And uh, let me tell our audience that we will have some demo uh, at the end of the show. But beforehand, we'll talk about the more in-detail technical aspects. How it works, how can I use it, what's uh, inside it. You shared that inside it is React Native Testing Library. Oh, it, it pairs with uh, React yeah. Native Testing So yeah. more of the process or we are jumping into the technical details? I'm a technical person. Yeah, so let's I, jump. 
I can talk about the details. Yeah. Now. Uh, please, be, please be my guest. Uh, I will ask you a question. How it works? <laughs> okay. Um, so, what I will tell you first what it exactly does and what it doesn't. Yeah. And then we'll discuss how how it is doing that. So, what we are measuring is we are measuring the render performance of your React or React Native components. Um, and what we found, uh, for example, in Entain project, but also in a more general discussion inside Coldstack, is that vast majority of performance problems in React Native applications are actually on the J JavaScript side. So probably um, most of them are actually connected to rendering. Only a smart a small uh, proportion of problems is connected to native components uh, and, and things like that. So uh, we are using testing library, uh, React Native testing library, and you can write a, as, as, you, as you write your integration test, you can write a test scenario, which kind of mimics uh, a typical user uh, manual tester scenario. So for example, open this page, uh, input that kind of data, press that button, something should happen, wait for it, then do some other actions. Mm -hmm. So we, we already had that, have that for um, for testing library, for integration tests. Um, I find uh, that this is both um, very natural to write tests because you can take just normal scenarios for manual testers and script them elegantly. Uh, and this is also very easy to write. Yeah, I think it's um, kind of um, easier than end-to-end -end test also to set up. So what we are doing here is we, we, we are taking this um, infrastructure of testing library, uh, wrapping everything with React Profiler component, which is gathering uh, render statistics for your component. And we are crunching the data. So what we, what we are getting is we get render times for your uh, for your components. One technical yeah. question, because I think- And, and I we are doing it at least 10 times? <laughs> times okay, <two>. yeah. <laughs> But one technical question, uh, I tried to did that several years ago when the profiler came out. I know this is like a, a normal React component. It's not available in production though, right? It's not. You, you have to do something specific to have that component run in production mode. Yeah, it's, uh, we are actually not running in production mode. So let me explain it in a, okay. in a, in a more context. Um, so when we, when we run your component, we are comparing the performance uh, like before you made the changes, like your main branch uh, or develop, whatever is the stable release with the changes you want to introduce in your PR. So we are only concerned about like this particular step. Of course, you can do a comparison between very different like branches of your code and things like mm -hmm. that, but the primary uh, scenario for you is to, to monitor the incoming PRs. Like you run unit tests and integration tests to verify that everything is working fine. You also run the reassure performance test that everything is working fast. Uh, so, and for that use case, it doesn't really matter whether you use um, production mode or you use debug mode because uh, if there is a degradation, it will uh, appear in both of these. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you are not uh, concerned about the absolute numbers, but relative to some previous yes. measurement. Yeah. yeah. So this is interesting because what we get from like renderer is we get uh, values in milliseconds, render times. Mm -hmm. So you might think, oh, that's a that's a number that I can like just talk about in uh, and and figure out that hundred milliseconds is uh, 
a large number or small. It, it actually is not the case. Yeah. Because it is more like, you know, graphic cards, benchmarks. You have these graphic cards and you run the benchmark and then the result is 3,000. <laughs> and you don't know. It's yeah. Is it good 3,000 or, or bad? Is it good? It's 3,000 mushrooms. Yeah. yeah so 3,000 on my machine. When this, uh, when this number has some meaning is when you look at other graphics cards yeah. and their result. If yeah. it's better, then you see that, oh, I've got the best like graphic card or whatever, or processor. So we also do the same thing here. Uh, because if you run your tests on your MacBook Pro with M2 or whatever you have there, you, of course you will have much lower uh, render duration, like 50 milliseconds. Mm -hmm. But if you run it on your slow uh, CI running on uh, like GitHub Actions, then the result might be 1,000 milliseconds for the same code. So mm -hmm. the absolute number is not meaningful. It's not like a number you get from your production users monitoring when you when you can draw conclusion just from the number. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So here it's, it's, it's important to actually compare it to the previous version of your code. So we speak in relative terms, like 10% improvement, 20% like degradation, things like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and because of that, uh, it doesn't really matter if we are running in, <coughs> in the production or development environment. It only matters that the environment uh, is the same and uh, the rules are the same and as stable as possible. Let's talk about that. I know that you did something to note in order to have the environment stable and to predictable and consistent across the runs of, mm -hmm. like you said, 10, 10 runs per test Yeah, Yeah, twice? that's the baseline, yeah. Okay. Um, um, so uh, I'll... I'll start maybe. Uh, so uh, Node Node.js is a or JavaScript runtimes are pretty tricky uh, environments to work with uh, because uh, JavaScript is an interpreted language which has a garbage collector and it can kick in when you're running tests and this would uh, make this this particular measurement uh, unreliable. For example, so what we're doing is uh, we are passing a expose GC flag to um, to node. Which flag? Expose GC. Okay. GC is for uh, garbage, garbage collector. collector. Okay. And uh, once that's passed to the um, to the node version that is uh, or node binary that is running your uh, test runner, which is uh, just by default, uh, then you have uh, a global that GC object available, which you can act upon and you can uh, schedule the um, the garbage collection manually. So, uh, so, so we're doing this uh, before every test. So to to make sure that it it just doesn't kick in. Um, uh, yeah, we, during we also the do other similar stuff. For example, we disable just-in-time compilation so that all tests run like in the same conditions and not the first test mm -hmm. run slower and then they get faster. Yeah, because yeah, because because with with JIT, uh, the longer uh, our JavaScript is running, the faster it will get because uh, uh, V8 will optimize it with uh, Turbofan and uh, and all other uh, tools on its pipeline. So uh, so it would also get unreliable the longer you run your tests. So so this is another thing that uh, uh, that we need to apply. And there is uh, this JITless mode uh, yeah, that you can pass to to the V8 engine uh, directly through Node. Thankfully, it's uh, it's it's just it's possible to pass a flag. Um, there's there's a couple 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 more flags we we pass. Yes. Right? So maybe a quick uh, explanation why why we want to run it more than once. So uh, in the basic scenario, we could just run 
it once for your baseline code and once for your current code. But what we've noticed is that part particular single runs tends to get um, pretty random, I would say, because there is like the machine is doing other stuff. Um, you might be hit by garbage collection and things like that. So for this reason, we, by default, run Hit each by garbage collector. <laughs> By garbage uh, yeah. yeah. like a new uh, bus factor. Yeah, I, I, I was I was too focused on what you're saying to actually uh, understand the joke. <laughs> but yeah, okay. uh, sure. W one question. Sorry, sorry to to break this uh, line of thought. But one question: How did you end up at ten, though? Why is it not two or is it not ninety nine? Okay. Uh, so 10 seems like a reasonable default if you, for example, run it on your local computer. And if your um, CI environment or the, the build agent is stable enough, 10 is usually fine. Uh, if you have an unstable environment because uh, you are not in full control of it, some other process might be running there, you probably should increase that number to 20 or 50. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So you can... Uh, set it up yourself. Yeah, Ten is the just yes. the default. You you can yeah. pass whatever number yes. you want because so. this is very much reliant on uh, on the environment that you're running and how fast it is. So, uh, for example, if your single render takes less than one millisecond, uh, or that or the whole run takes uh, less than a millisecond, for example, you need to uh, you know double it or triple or whatever so to, to make sure that uh, that you're not in this uh, um, one one millisecond uh, time slot because then the uh, um, uh, the 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 error from the measurement um, gets to be um, very close to uh, what you're measuring so it becomes way more uh, unreliable. So, uh, what we can do as a tool, and uh, we most we will most likely um, introduce something like a hint uh, mode or suggestions, uh, would be to suggest users to uh, to increase the uh, runs uh, number uh, because the the test is running. Uh, too slow, and it may produce a uh, flaky test, for example. Yeah, I, I'm going to write that down for the next part of question, which will be what is the future of Reassure. Mm -hmm. But let's let's talk about some more configuration modes. How can I, as a user of this library, configure it? Like you said, I can increase or decrease the number of times my tests are running. What else should I, can I do to modify, to customize? So the most important thing you do as a, as a user of Reassure is you to write a proper test scenarios. What I mean by that is that first you need to think what are the, like, the most important parts of my application that I want to monitor in terms of performance. So for example, if you have like a e-commerce app that could be like browsing products, uh, checkout and, and things like that, uh, so probably you don't want to test everything because writing tests is a tedious process. So you want to focus on the, the, the things that your users will mostly notice if there is a problem. Yeah. Uh, another yeah. good, uh, good point for like uh, where to write tests for Reassure is that if you are given a performance problem to solve, you might start by writing a performance test for that. And that way you would actually achieve two things. Uh, when you finish the, your performance optimization, 
you will know how much you improve the performance. And also for the future, you would have that area of your application monitor. This feedback loop, when you investigate and you try and you experiment some different ideas how to improve the performance in this particular part of the application is really, really important because it's, it's so hard to notice some of the improvements and your users can use a range of Android, like you said, phones or other products that the improvement can be much, much widely different than on your uh, simulator on Mac M2, like you said. So yeah. Yeah, yeah but if we're, if we're talking about uh, real devices, it's uh, like, Reacher is only a, uh, or we imagine it, it uh, be only a part of your uh, performance testing suit. So you should also um, check the real user metrics uh, and uh, and actually uh, check the percentage of uh, of users that, for example, open your app under a certain threshold, right? So uh, because uh, one thing to uh, to remember about Reassure, it only takes JavaScript runtime into account. Uh, there's nothing related to, um, to to native or JavaScript to native uh, interfaces, so so it only focuses on uh, on this let's say business logic or, yeah. or just just logic part. Uh, and you asked about uh, configuration. So one thing that uh, we allow to configure is uh, the test runner. Um, so we wanted uh, the users of uh, Vitest, for example, to be um, to be able to use it instead of Jest. Um, so, so we can configure the test runner and the arguments that we were passing to it. Um, um, yeah, there, there is, uh, there is still something that we, uh, defer to users. Uh, so it's like configurable by them, uh, which is, um, which is the, um, the script that runs on the CI and, uh, and actually runs your tests on the current branch then uh, switch to to another uh, like to the to the main branch uh, of your repository and uh, run the test again so um, or, or the other way around actually yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. you start uh, with baseline yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, but uh, uh, yeah this is the, so 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 we have uh, um, in in this script uh, we have some some config options but uh, yeah, uh, yeah so I don't know if there, there's any, anything more to, to configure, really. Uh, th so one point I would like to highlight, as you mentioned, about the production monitoring, uh, which is really crucial, uh, is that um, production is monitoring is very like delayed experience. You get the feedback very late in the process when it's already in, in the hands mm -hmm. of the users. So but it's very real. Right. Yeah, so. but it's it's a, it's a true thing. Is that is that what they experience? So we are not the true thing. We are like a proxy of a true thing, mm -hmm. but we are yeah. much faster to give you that result. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so. we also more granular in these terms that we you can monitor it for each PR separately. You don't need to like analyze the whole release. Yeah, yeah. So y you might have noticed oh, there is one thing. I one thing that we go ahead. Was that just, <laughs> we just merged yesterday? I think. Uh, or today morning. Uh, Sneak peek. Yeah, you can you can configure this this one one tiny important thing, which is the render uh, function that's uh, that's powering the scenarios that we're running. And uh, so so you're able to configure the um, 
uh, reassure to run either with uh, React Native testing library uh, for React Native or React React testing library for the web. So yeah. So this is another like this one. So you might have noticed that we are in around 30 minutes of this episode and I didn't ask you yet about how to use the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> but that will be the next question because I want to like combine the demo part with how to use it. So oh, we'll yeah. try Let's to it. show the YouTube uh, viewers uh, the live coding made by Maciej and also try to describe it the best we can for the for the podcast listeners but first let's wrap up the pot, the straight podcast part without the demo to talk about the future about what's to come what to expect from reassure in the upcoming weeks or maybe months if you have such plans okay so we have a couple of plans in our heads now but we are like still listening to the feedback of our users so they can certainly influence our like the direction where we'll be going uh some from things we have at the moment the first is uh support for react web so actually reassure does support it we need to write some more uh, examples for things like create react app which is pretty uh which has pretty complicated pretty scripts. unconfigurable yeah. <laughs> they don't want to work easily with custom setups but we will figure that out um we also want to support a broad range of um ci solutions so now we do a piggyback trick when we use danger.js to actually support every ci that danger is supporting which is a lot but we would like to have like direct integration with github actions circle ci and things like that um are we open for external contributors maybe we yeah, will hell yeah. <laughs> sell some uh, some positions or reassure here hey listen listeners uh if you want to contribute if you want some more uh configuration to available of available please do yeah if you want the font to be changed color or something in the yeah, uh, in please the don't. CI. looks like october first <laughs> no 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 yeah, i mean it's, it's, it's pretty close right go to our uh, github page uh you can get in touch with mache we can you can get in touch with Mihao yeah. and uh figure out what to do yeah. there is a lot to do we'll be yeah. happy to help and uh, like one exciting thing that we are planning is to pair with some CI provider to provide an out of the box stable uh, CI. Stable CI. Yeah. So uh, um, we're we have something on our radars, um, and I hope this works. If not, we'll we'll go further. Um, but this is this this is like uh, this would be the game changer for this library because it would be. Like very much plug and play with certain CI providers. So if if you CI providers, if you're listening to us, uh, please <laughs> please reach out. Yeah, uh, we have we have a lot of users that uh, that want will want to use your, uh, your your services. And he said he wasn't good with marketing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, is there anything else? apart from how to use reassure in real life that you want to talk about but i didn't ask you yeah i think i've got one or two points so first of all it's very easy to start using reassure if you're already using react native testing library um it's usually like you take your existing tests hopefully they are like covering uh large parts of your application hopefully AKA. you have some 
IKA integration tests, for example, whole screens or maybe whole screen sequences, things like that. So you take that test, strip out every every assertion you have because they are not needed. And then you just swap render for measure performance and you've got your performance test for that particular awesome. part it's of the Awesome, it's a copy-paste development. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's slightly more difficult if you don't have um, integration test. Well, you should have. Uh, but if not, then probably the hardest part is actually doing the correct mocking of your applications. Okay. Because uh, inside of integration tests, you have to mock some things, for example, network connections. And, uh, yeah, or certain native libraries. Like mocking yeah. with React Native is super tricky, especially around uh, animations. And uh, yeah, as a community, I think we could do better here. <laughs> Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, creative of React Native testing library. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so you mentioned something uh, uh, that if I have existing tests, existing integration tests, and I mock things properly, hopefully, and I have the scenario of walking through my screens, mm, why didn't you just uh, drop a line? Okay, so. In this uh, integration test, I want to make also a performance measurement. Why don't I do it in the same file? Why do I have to copy it to the next one and strip out uh, assertions? It would be tricky to configure Jest to uh, to understand it, and and you would need to configure it uh, in some way. To, um, uh, for example, for the regular test runs, you don't want to mix them with performance because performance tests are running. Uh, long by default, like like this is the um, this is the case. Uh, they they will run as your uh, functional end to end tests uh, because they're running the same code for at least ten times. Uh, so you don't definitely don't want to do it for your um, integration or unit JavaScript tests. Uh, but we want to experiment with uh, with some uh, just integrations. So uh, so so you can pair it somehow, uh, but this requires like further research and uh, yeah. uh, specifically from the uh, from the developer experience point of view. Let's not be afraid of little duplication in code. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 good point, good point. Yeah. And then I have a two files, one is called integration test, one is called performance test, and I know where to look for which yeah. issue. Yeah. And you also, you, you often don't want to test the same things with, with performance, yeah. you yeah. want to you you want to have some overlap, but you don't need to test edge cases with performance. Yeah, yeah. usually the, the the most common scenarios are things you want to test. Okay, happy paths. Uh, shall we move on to putting Mache on the spot? Speaking of and happy path, yeah, do some do it do live coding live coding for us. Okay. So, uh, me Mihao and Mache will try to do our best to describe what we are doing. Okay, you're doing this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, I will help. No, actually, Mathieu if Mathieu is, gonna, is coding. Yeah, he's uh, gonna do a good job. Yeah. So this will be an explanation and live showcase of how to use Reassure in your React Native project. As I understand, Mathieu has a pre have pre prepared a repository already. Uh, he's not gonna write a new to-do app from scratch. Hopefully. Yeah, I've, I've got something for you. Okay, okay. Okay. Um, so we will start 
uh, with running Creature on, on our local machine. Uh, so you can run it both on CI, which is like the automatic safety net, but you can also run it locally for even faster feedback. So this is the same as with your unit tests. You can run them locally, you can run them on CI. And usually you run both of those things. Yeah. CI is automatic and it catches everything, but locally is much faster. Okay. Uh, so let's look what we've got in our code. So we have a sample component, which is called slow list because uh, it's slow by design. So it's a simple list of things, of items, and it has a count prop, which uh, says how many items are there on the list. There is no optimization. This is not flat list. This is a very slow list that does everything. This is just a view. It's not even a scroll yeah. view. It's just a view with... Yeah. Uh, uh, going through the array, mapping the yeah. items yeah. to. So for the real application, you, you wouldn't even see all the. All yeah, the yeah exactly. But uh, this okay. is a good like contrived example to see what, what is happening. Okay. So we will have our performance test. I'm, this is the first time I'm doing audio description for the code, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. Okay. Yeah. And uh, as you can see or hear, uh, our performance test uh, just for like the initial render and the initial like side effects that might happen after that render is pretty simple. So we just called inside uh, just test case, we just call measure performance while passing um, JSX for our component. This is all async uh, because we need to wait for some things to solve. So the test is pretty simple. And the next thing, we want to do is we want to gather our baseline performance. To do that, we switch to console and we will use reassure CLI. Uh, so we run it with a baseline flag and now it will gather performance. Um, for the first time. For the first time. That's, so that's why is, we're using the flag. Yeah, this is, this is what we will be comparing to. So we've got our performance. Uh, so Machi, sorry. Uh, Thanks for explaining it very well in audio form. Can you bump up the font for yeah, you sure. the viewers as well so that we can see? Okay, thanks. Okay, so as you can see, it's been there's a file which is called baseline perf. It's located in .reassure folder. So it's no magic there. Um, and it has this um, run statistics, like the render durations and render counts for each of the run, mean of that, uh, standard deviation, things like that. So now when we have our initial measurements, so the baseline, we can run reassure again, but this time in like compare or current mode, which if we if we run it against the same code, um, the expected result is like zero. It, meaning it no should change. be the same. <laughs> it should be no change. As you can see here, uh, it's, uh, yeah, we have the elegant console output. So what I can see is that slow list, uh, went from 28.4 to 28.6. Yeah, and this is random noise. So you have yeah. that uh, in both milliseconds. And also uh, probably the more important thing is like relative change, which is 0.7% increase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you say something like 0.7 or uh, up to two or three or even five, depending on the stability of your machine, that's probably a noise. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and this is what uh, reassure in this, um, uh, performance uh, output uh, categorizes as a meaningless change. Uh, it, it assumes that hey, if, if this is the change is uh, such low, below those uh, few percents, 
it's 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 probably irrelevant and it's not something to con to be concerned. Okay, so for podcast listeners, what I see on the screen right now are several icons. Some are green, some are <laughs> grayish. I would say that's the elegant output. So that's the <laughs> your test uh, is running fine. I I would probably see some red down the road when the test is not performing so well. Yeah. Let's do some changes. Actually, I've got changes in the good direction. So we see green. In good direction. Yeah. We'll, okay. We're doing the positive even more green. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, so we won't touch this uh, test again. So what we'll be doing, we'll be modifying the our slowest. Yeah. So slowest uh, is doing uh, mapping over number of items, and each item receives a key property. And also a title, which is item one, item two, etc. So, and we have this list item, a slow list item component, which has this, um, let's say, bad pattern of using derived states. So what we have here is we receive title prop, and we have derived state, which is called title uppercase, and we have use effect that is dependent on title prop that will set title uppercase well to title. Uh, prop then transform to uppercase. So this will cause a re-render, which is a bad pattern and is quite contrived, but I've seen uh, similar things in many applications, but the components are much larger and the things are uh, more hard to spot. Usually more complicated. Yeah, so uh, here it's obvious, but uh, normally the, these things are a bit harder to spot. So what we'll do here is we will get rid of that. Um, Let's do this this way, and but we want to keep the behavior, so we will call uh, to uppercase directly on um, our prop. So we will bypass this uh, derived state thing, and we will run our tests again. So it is running right now. Yeah, it, it is running. <laughs> it, it, it takes some time because Whoa. of repetitions. More green on the screen. Yeah, so we, we can notice a couple of details. So first of all, let's focus on the slow list. So it, it was reduced from 28 milliseconds to 15 milliseconds. So that's a 30, 13 milliseconds improvement or in relative terms, it's around 46%. So we gave you like two green circles that like this indicate is this is good. good. Yeah, yeah, it's like a badge of honor. You did well. Yeah, so it's it's too like uh, uh, yeah, and the and the changes went from meaningful section to the significant. So we are running s not simple like per percent comparison. If it's less than five, then it's not significant. We have actually yeah. some statistical tests that use then things like standard deviation, number of runs to actually calculate whether it's statistically significant. Yeah, All the sexy statistics stuff. Yeah, we're doing maths here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and we also have this second section. So this is render count. So, so kids, <laughs> learn statistics. If you ever think, uh, why do I need this this knowledge from from math school? This is this is the case. Like this is the yeah. one case you're probably gonna <laughs> copy paste from other repo or Stack Overflow, but still, <laughs> at least you will be knowing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and we also, besides render duration, we also have this uh, second section, which is displaying render counts. Uh, so we went from two render counts, two renders, to just one render. And it makes sense because we, we got this uh, derived state, yeah. which was 
triggered in a use effect. Now we don't have it, so we only have one render. And we also noticed that, yeah, it's like 50% reduction in render count. Awesome. Okay, uh, so we've improved that. And we also have the second component uh, I didn't talk about yet. So it's called async component. Seems like it might must be using slow list because it also improved its performance, not by 36, 46%, but by 20. So there's probably- Yeah, only more. one green circle. Yeah, yeah only it's, one. it's still good. Still good. Okay, so let's look at that second component. Um, so yeah, so we have something called async component. It has a simple state of count, which is gathering numbers. So it starts with zero. And in the like UI section, we have a button, which is uh, titled action. When we press the button, what we will do is we will increase the count by one, but not in a simple manner like synchronously, but we will do it in a set timeout. So we will delay it. This is like you frequently use set timeout in your uh, integration test to simulate things like waiting for um, network call or reading from async storage and things like that. So the funny thing, or it might be interesting thing here, is that whether you specified 50 milliseconds timeout as we did, or two seconds or whatever, that doesn't affect your render duration because the render duration is just the rendering part and not waiting for stuff. Uh, but it will affect the duration of your test because the test will still have to wait for it. So we choose small number. Okay, so what happens when you press the button uh, is that the count label increases. We also see that we are also rendering slow list. Uh, it's a kind of, you know, dead weight, something to make the component run slower. Uh, but it's not dependent on that state. Okay, and we also have our test case. Now we have some more meaningful tests. So we we use the same measure performance to render our JSX uh, component, but we now pass an additional option, which is called scenario. Yeah, can you bump up the font here as well? Yeah, sure. Maybe too Sorry, much. I'm old and my yeah, I have the same side problems. is not as good. <laughs> Accessibility is important. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we have this scenario function, uh, which generally looks the same as your uh, integration test body. So you find a button on the screen, which is called action. You trigger a press event by using fire event. And then you wait for something to happen. We have to use find by, which is like waiting for things to happen because we have that set timeout with a 50 millisecond delay. So we cannot synchronously ask for what yeah. new value, but we need to wait for it. And then uh, we press it like two more times just to make it more like complex. Make it case. count. Yeah, make <laughs> it count. <laughs> Another good joke by Michal. <laughs> Okay, uh, so now um, we will try to optimize that component. One thing uh, that we might do at the moment is we can, knowing that we have some improvements already gathered, we can generate a new baseline so that we are aware of the like incremental improvements. Sorry, so when you run React, Yarn Reassure right now, it will still compare to the baseline. It yeah. won't compare to the test that you just did. Can you run the, can you press enter right now? Can we see, <laughs> we will see the same results, right? Yeah, roughly the same results. There's some random noise. And another another grade to green circles. 
Yeah, we didn't change anything. So yeah, yeah it's it's slightly different. It's like uh, 45 and there was Yeah, 26. like you said, noise. Yeah, small changes. Okay, so now we will generate a new baseline so that any changes from now on we will compare to well, yeah. what, we, what we've already got. So we need to wait our 10 seconds. Yeah, so we got new baseline. Uh, generating baseline generally doesn't trigger like comparison. It's, not, it's just starting your new, new baseline. Okay, so now we will go to our component and we see that uh, beside the button and the state, we also like rendering this list. So let's apply some kind of memoization here to improve the performance. One type of memoization we could wrap slow list in React memo, but also we can do other thing, use memo to locally generate that, uh, that value. So let's call it slow list and we will use react.useMemo to generate that same JSX. And then we don't actually have dependencies, so we'll pass an empty array. Uh, one thing to notice, if you're not um, full aware how React rendering works, so this slow list is a element, React element, and it will have the same identity over every render. And the way the React um, um, diffing process works is if it receives the very same object, meaning the same object identity, it will know it can like uh, reuse the old render result, uh, speeding things up. Although there is no warranty. There is no warranty, it but it wor cache, works. So. It's usually working yeah. fine. Uh, okay, so we've done our memoization. So now let's compare it against our new baseline. Yay. Yay. Is it even better? Yeah, it's even better. Okay. Incremental improvements. I like this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we are showing some real thing. improvements here. So what you can see on your screen is now in the significant changes, we only have our async component and we've got pretty huge improvements. We reduce our render um, duration by almost 70%. Yeah, that's what I call a race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, and in the meaningless section, we got our slow list basically uh, saying that it's the same, which makes sense because in this change, we didn't touch the slow list. Um, yeah, so we've got two green circles, meaning that we've done a really good job, but it didn't like change the render count. And it also makes sense because we just applied partial memoization. To the children. To the children, yeah. So I've shown you how, how you can run um, Reassure locally on your machine to verify your findings, uh, to actually diagnose the nitty gritty details, where to put the memoization and things like that. Reassure is not the right tool. The right tool would be probably DevTools Profiler. Yeah, or, or the docs for one, like you go to docs to read about the uh, React performance investigation. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, but we were talking to tools, so yeah. uh, uh, React DevTools would be one one good, or why did you render? There is this package. Yeah. Uh, yeah if, if you want to track some re-renders that you don't know where or, or why are happening, although React DevTools also uh, shows some of this information as well. Yeah. So what you can use also reassure is that like when you be, this is what we've did did for intent. So for every PR with performance optimization, we also uh, presented the statistics of how much 
the the performance improve with that PR. So you, you've got that for free if you use Reassure for your effort. Mm -hmm. um, so this is on your local machine. We also do, we have the same on, um, on the CI, but in a somewhat um, nicer format, I might say. So we have, um, we have our PR and we have a job which is running the performance tests. And the output of that is that performance comparison report. So we mm -hmm. have the similar sections, we have significant changes uh, in that particular PR, no. Uh, significant changes, we have meaningless. Oh, and we also have other sections we didn't mention yet, which are pretty interesting. So we also notice any kind of uh, test that where the render count changes, even if the duration change doesn't warrant like putting it into a significant section because frequently render counts are like kind of things you want to uh, keep close track of. And we also have new scenarios which will be added to uh, added scenarios sections. Okay, so if I change my tests, it will pop up here that I added some scenario. Yes. Yeah, so, and it will work like this, that this PR will also introduce a new scenario. So there, it will, it, it's not There's possible no to run that in the, in the, you know, the baseline branch of the yeah. code, because yeah. it's not there. Uh, also, there is a remove scenario sections in case of some scenario was removed and it's no longer relevant. Um, so, and the, each section presents the data in a, in a similar way. So we have the name of the test. We have the render duration. Similarly, we have the previous value, new value, relative change, and, and also yeah, in person. Yeah, the same info, but human readable. Yeah, like, it, the previous nice, one though. was console. Mm -hmm. We know that uh, people are afraid of console, people that are not developers, but people who, uh, who you want to actually show the results, you give them the nice MD file here to, yeah. to read. Yeah, and this is by far our favorite way of using Reassure because it uh, it gives you this feedback on every yeah. every pull request. Uh, so so it's like a, a code review buddy uh, that gives you those hints that hey this looks it's like looks like there's some some It's a code red review stuff. buddy that yeah. actually is aware of performance. Yeah, so oh, yeah. actually I I, <laughs> I, I could imagine I could imagine that I'm not reviewing your PR until this test shows me that you did not uh, introduce any regressions. Uh, and if you did, I'm not reviewing this. Go back to Go your back. code and oh, yeah. check why this uh, render counts increased. Wait for this this stuff to yeah. Yeah. do the thing. Yeah, actually it's, it's similar to your regular test. You are not probably reviewing stuff until all Which, which failed, passed. yeah, definitely. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I want to show you one trick. We also can give you like more detailed information. So this, there is this show details section under, mm -hmm. uh, when we have entries, it, it also appearing. Uh, what we have here is we have the same test, but in a much more detailed way. So we have for example, async component, we have baseline. So we can see what is the mean. Mm -hmm. um, we, we can see what is the standard deviation. We should call it nerdstat. Yeah. Nerdstat, yeah. YouTube has those. Yes. Yep. Yep. You can, uh, sorry. <laughs> Nerding out about nerdstats. <laughs> right. Another Hacktoberfest PR suggestion. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 And we have like results of particular runs, which are sorted in the descending order. So we mm -hmm. see that like we had these 10 runs and these are the results. And we also have similar stats for current and on the 
uh, render count column. We have also okay. things for render Sorry. count. Sorry, I didn't pick it up when you, when you first said it, but when I run this test on HPR, it will actually run the baseline test again. It won't take the results from the previous run. Mm -hmm. So uh, the the thing that we didn't mention is that on the CI, you don't run with the baseline uh, flag. Uh, this is this is for running locally, so you know that you're we not actually run when we when we run the gather the baseline. Okay, so let uh, me explain why okay, why, why uh, we're running time. baseline on CI. So yeah, yeah. you Let's want to compare apples to apples. So if you have old baseline from like say a week ago, it might be run on a different agent. And the agent might be like diff faster or slower. Understood. Or yeah. So to get more reliable results, we run it one after another. So we are certain that they run on the same agent. Yeah, the conditions are similar then. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, understand. Okay. So, and uh, part of running on the CI is also a CI script, which like orchestrates what we are doing. So, and this is a very simple one, actually. So, let me open uh, our sample script. Oh, there is the baseline flag. I forgot. Yeah. About so, what, what we're doing here is that this is run uh, after you your GitHub action or whatever CI you're using, actually checked out the code, run. Um, installing packages, etc. So the first thing, and this is just a suggestion, you can do it also in other ways, but this is pretty reasonable baseline. So we start with checking out a baseline branch, which will default to main mm -hmm. uh, in our script, and we'll run reassure baseline. Then we'll go back to the current branch, run it again, and that will, this is the same, these are the two same comments I was using. Yeah. when showing you on my local machine. So now it's running on the CI, and this will generate uh, the output files, and not only like a console output, but we also have JSON file with uh, data that is in a machine-friendly format, and we also generate Markdown, which is displayed, uh, which is yeah, this neat report displayed in GitHub. Awesome. That's like, I, I'm speechless. Uh, I'm so happy that I didn't look into the details and I was lying. I, I saw the saw the uh, presentation by Michal, but it wasn't as uh, informative. It wasn't as in detail. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Maciej did a much better job of talking to a developer. Right now, I know that I do want to use it and I do want to uh, have my clients sign on to actually integrating this kind of performance measuring tool. It It is awesome. Um, joining. Yeah, this, thank you. This amazing you session. hosting us. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, I was Wukash. I am still uh, Wukash. This is the React Native Show podcast when we talk about the newest and greatest in React and React Native development. Uh, with me today, Maciej and Michał. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.